Are you out there and you have no money for college or barely anything, but you see your friends like getting their college paid for by their parents, either that or they have been like, the parents have been saving for a while or they are working with them to get scholarships um, or whatnot because of stuff based on their work. I don't know. But basically, you have no money for college and your parents can't help pay for tuition. I get you. I was in the same boat. That was my instance. And I still graduated from college debt-free with over $10,000 left in my bank account that I had saved to use for college and didn't need because of other ways that I got it paid for. So today we do talk about five scholarship and budget tips to fund school. Me and one of my besties, Julia, talked about that and how she also was, well, she was actually a first-generation college student, and she didn't have just all her own discretionary income to pay for college, and her parents couldn't help pay. But our parents did help us in some other ways, but um, just letting you know, it's possible. If that's you out there, it's possible to graduate debt-free, to avoid student loans, and just to get money and scholarships and money other ways, even if it's not straight strictly academic scholarships and ways to work and ways to get other types of scholarships. It's all really, really possible. And I want you all to know that and be encouraged in that. And if you're wondering how to find scholarships for yourself for your own particular situation, just a heads up, I actually have a service business where I find student scholarships for college. So we could set up a free half hour call you and I if you head on over to my calendar it's on calendly.com slash money and mental peace that's like calendar but instead it has the ly at the end it's calendly.com slash money and mental peace and you can also find it in the description below FYI, but I can we can talk for free go through all your information what you're doing in college and if you want to hire me, I can guarantee finding students between $10,000 up to $30,000 in scholarship opportunities that you can spend your time applying for. But I can do the research for you to find it for you so that you are not just staring at a screen trying to sift through a bajillion scholarships out there. If you're interested, head on over to Calendly, like I said. And for now, let's also talk together about other budget tips and scholarship tips that can help you if you have no money for college and your parents can't help pay. All right, let's get it. Do you want guidance on where to go and what to study? Wonder if you should change majors? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for scholarships and ways to pay for college without parental help? Do you wake up worried about everything and just want to make sure you're following God's path for your life? Hey, I'm Kara. I too was a stressed college student looking for money and mental peace. I wondered if there were other ways to pay for college besides loans and wished for clear direction on how to make college and career decisions. Not only was I worried about drowning in debt, but also afraid I hadn't heard Jesus correctly. Was I studying the wrong thing? Was I completely off track? I felt semi out of control and was spiraling until I learned how to hear from God and follow his direction. He guided me and gave me the stepping stones to pay for college. Scholarships, grants, testing out of classes, and other weird school hacks got me through 
debt-free. And in this podcast for Christian college girls, you will learn how to find God's path for your college journey and how to graduate with no loans or debt. So grab your cold brew and TI-89 and listen in on the most stress-free and debt-free class you've ever attended. This is Money and Mental Peace. We're back with my friend Julia, or Julia, and, um, well, first of all, I'm going to put you on the spot and, and tell you to do like a, a, a f- like sentence or two bio of yourself. Okay. Sure. I am Julia Keys. I live in Tennessee, um, and I have been doing employer brand or recruiter marketing for a Fortune 500 insurance company for about five years now. Whoop, whoop. That's what some people might be doing when they finish college <laughs> after they listen to this. Okay. Welcome. I love that you. we can have this conversation. We have a lot of um, similar, well, friendship background, but then also like what we did for school and stuff. Um, I'm going to let you hold the mic because you're going to talk for a hot minute, but you got to talk on this side. And um, I guess kind of tell everyone how good friends we are and how we met and then a a brief synopsis of your college journey because you know i'll get into details but we talked about just like what what you were up to and what you did sure so kara and i's friendship we go all the way back to i believe middle school we were homeschooled together um and we would have her kind of as part of our carpool to our homeschool co-op and we've just continued to be kind of lifelong friends and they didn't always have AC in the 90-degree days. <laughs> <laughs> Carol would notoriously stick her head out the window to try and breathe because my family liked hot hot air. Um, but, but I loved it. <laughs> uh, but yes, our friendship goes back to middle school. We've grown up and we've just kind of stayed in touch. And even though our journeys have brought us across states, um, completely different career focuses and even kind of a... a decisions like I'm married and have a kid we still laugh very hard when we're ever together and it's she's always such a joy and then transitioning to synopsis of college um, Kara and I both lived in Michigan but I ended up transferring to uh, Tennessee there's a school there called Lee University and so after I did my I guess you would call it associates in community college where I did what I could either in high school or after high school that would transfer since it was cheaper um, I then transferred to Lee uh, to begin my first major yeah okay and so um, yeah we were joking last night about the Disney Channel shows we used to watch that are different from this era and the music from high school and all the things. She took me hiking. We went on a, I feel like a, like a bougie tourist trip of, of Chattanooga. It was fun. Um, I'm traveling and visiting her this week. Okay. So we're talking about, um, I'm actually going back to the title. So you know what the title is. No money for college and your parents can't help. Uh, so many, you know, uh, I don't actually know yet how many budget tips and scholarship tips we're going to have. That's, I'll put it in the title then. But basically, we both had, like, parents involved in our lives. Parents, you know, living in the same house with us. Parents, you know, Christian parents and support. Um, and it's not that they were like, <laughs> we hate you. We never give you money, you know, or help. But, it, you know, there's times in life they can't do the funding like you have your random friends who just your parents their parents pay for all of it and so we kind of both have some of those relations and we wanted to talk about it today now in both of our instances 
we lived at home for at least community college you did and so like that's great support right there and um but we wanted to talk about what was hard so it's hashtag relatable for you guys julia's laughing at hey i gotta be cool with the cool young kids julia okay (laughs) i was saying something was legit the other day and and someone was like nobody says that anymore i was like okay it sounds cool to me i don't know um but a little bit different from my situation is you were a first-generation college student, too. And we were just, I wanted to kind of touch base and also have it relatable to those who are listening, some of the stuff that was hard, and then what you did out of it and succeeded and some suggestions that we'll have for the students. Sure. So tell me about what was hard. Go ahead, Julia. <laughs> well, what's my first question? Your yeah. first question is, what was hard in regards to finances and starting around college with FAFSA? Because that's always like the first oh. jump of, of college life. Sure. Well, I, I might actually backtrack just a hair because you mentioned that I was a first generation college student. And um, while I'm sure many of your listeners probably know what that means, I didn't when I was in high school. I actually found out later when it became a scholarship option. Um, so first generation college student means that you are the first in your generation to go through college. So in my case, I did not have parents that had college degrees. They both did a little bit of college, but I don't think it was more than a year just to kind of dabble, which meant that I was on my own in regards to navigating the college experience, figuring out scholarships, but most importantly, figuring out FAFSA, which is probably one of the biggest hurdles when you're in, in most cases, most people are in high school or have just graduated when they're navigating FAFSA for the first time. And again, for those that may not know what FAFSA is, that is the, um, I guess you would call it program through the government that allows you to consider and apply for, if it's still around, Carrie, you have to hold me since it's been five years, hold me accountable, but the Pell Grant or unsubsidized or subsidized loans that are offered through the government. Is that correct? Is that still accurate? Okay, wonderful. And it's the free application for federal student aid is what FAFSA is. So yes, amen and hallelujah. Okay, go ahead. I love it. I love it. It's been a, I'm a little rusty since it's been five years. So with parents that did not have experience going through FAFSA, that was definitely the, the biggest hurdle. And probably what my piece of advice would be there um, would be to find somebody that does know how to go through the FAFSA experience, not knowing that maybe parents have the best intentions, but it could be just as overwhelming for them as it could be for yourself. So finding somebody that has either already gone through it, that's in college, Um, In my case, I had a grandparent who had already helped other grandchildren through it. And so he kind of came alongside me and helped me and walked through it with my parents and myself, which was great. Um, And then when I graduated college and went to my first, my, my job that I'm at now, I actually volunteered um, through the state of Tennessee to do what we call Tennessee Achieves, and it's a mentoring program that assigns those that have been through college 
with students in many cases are first generation so they don't have parents that know how the process works to help them as they begin the transition to college to go through FAFSA to think about scholarships so if you don't have a mentor per se or someone that you directly know ask and see if your school has a program or you look up and see if your state has a program that could assign you to a mentor to help also guide you through the experience that's so good <laughs> um and regarding fafsa we had talked about that how parents kind of have to be involved even if they don't know so uh, any of you listening you might have super involved parents or you might have to remind them like mom dad we have to put our tax info in and it's hard when there's life happening and going on and tell me a bit on what that happened with related to with your dad owning his own business Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So the question was, um, even if you do get a mentor or somebody else that can help walk you through FAFSA, parents are definitely involved in the FAFSA experience because the government is going to ask for their tax information in order to determine how much income your household makes if you qualify as a dependent for them. And in my case, my dad owned his own business. And so as you can imagine or may have heard, folks that have their own business, taxes are much more challenging to submit. They often um, submit their taxes a little bit later than everybody else because of how much longer it can take. And in my dad's case, that was certainly true. And so it, it was, I don't really have a solution to that question other than saying if you are currently going through that or about to go through that, maybe try to prep your your parents ahead of time so that they know, listen, I know we normally submit taxes at whatever the date is for small businesses. Um, it's very important that that gets submitted on time and perhaps even early if possible because it does make a difference with me submitting my FAFSA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly like even if they don't own their own business, there just might not be some understanding on on how soon you can get stuff going. Um, And again, everyone listening, check the current standards because sometimes stuff changes, but it still is usually based on like last the last years, depending on when you're applying for FAFSA. But that this can still apply with like parents tax information and stuff. So I know this is just kind of a broad question, Julia, but we'll get into the nitty gritty. But Tell us some ways you paid for college. And um, I know also connected to scholarships. And I also wanted to bring up, I guess that's three questions. Don't worry, I'll, I'll walk you through it. I also wanted to bring up what we just talked with your husband about, about like um, being a waiter and something you wouldn't initially think of to like earn money for college and how that could get you a lot for that. Just basically... Um, tell us some of the jobs you did slash getting into scholarships and if I have specific questions I'll ask you of course (laughs) sure so I think I'll start with what were the type of scholarships that I did do um, because I think everybody in the whole intention that you're likely listening to this podcast is because you want to maximize as many scholarships or opportunity as you possibly can to limit or completely go through college without any debt In my case, I was not fortunate to be listening on the other end like you are because I I was thinking that the only truly reliable scholarships, legit, legit, okay, I'm going to say legit, (laughs) uh, dates us, I guess, legit scholarships were ones that were either academic or 
they were also through the school. So in my case, when I was exploring scholarships at my university, so this is after I went through community college um, and transferred, I think I transferred about 31 credits that they would take. Then um, I had basically a program that they provided that you could skim through all the different scholarships and determine which ones you wanted to apply for. So I focused on the academic or the ones that the university offered for us to choose from. Now, I didn't, again, I didn't have the ability to sit where you are and listen to this as you are to know that there are many other scholarship opportunities outside of just through your university. And, you know, while I did very well applying for academic scholarships, and that was certainly my strong suit, there are others like my husband who... He's dyslexic. Um, he's great. He d- he does really well today, but studying and applying for those academic scholarships did not help with his GPA. And so he worked really hard as a waiter ever since he started high school and moved up to work where he worked at a five star restaurant and made very good money to help pay for school when he was in college. Um, so to kind of summarize. I focused on the academic and university scholarships. Um, And then my husband, who couldn't do that route, he focused on more so working as much as he possibly could to be able to have a good job to help him get through college. Which I think is interesting is a little different because I did apply for academic scholarships, but a lot of the ones I got ended up being other merit scholarships from – like a transfer scholarship which wasn't entirely that you had to have the highest gpa it's just general uh as well as the choir scholarship which technically i definitely had a higher gpa than this but technically you only had to keep a 2.5 to keep the choir scholarship and just like other ones like that so just so y'all know out there there are a variety of ways to do it um and to pay for it and whatnot so now i'm going to ask you I'm going to call this a budget tip because it's not exactly around scholarships, but it's a money-saving concept. And I did a similar thing. So go ahead and explain what you did with transferring. Yeah, so when I was in high school, my mom had me take um, some community college classes that I was able to, depending on uh, how challenging they were. And then when I graduated high school, I started with getting all of the, I think they call it the core still, you know, your math, your your science, not necessarily focusing on your degree. So I had done, I think about a year's worth, 15 hours or so or more, and I guess that would be half a semester. Um, and then when I was looking at transferring to the private school in Tennessee, I met with the advisor and I ensured that the classes that I had taken would transfer, which majority of them did except for one. And then I also showed the advisor the remainder remainder of the core classes that the community college offered and if those would transfer. And she confirmed that many of them, it was a whole semester's worth, would actually be able to transfer. So I actually delayed going to the school in order to save money because, as you can imagine, it's much cheaper to take a core class at a community college than it is to take it at a university. And so I ended up transferring with 31 hours before I actually started at the university, which was a big cost savings for me. So That's huge. And I'm going to just give an example in cost savings. So, for example, back in the day, (laughs) um, my community college – at one point was like a hundred dollars a credit so that's 
plus there's fees and stuff. But so if that was like 300 or maybe now 300 to 500, I don't know, for a class at my university, it was like $1,500 for a class. And I went to a public school. So let alone the private school option that she's talking about. So like it really saves you money. And I did that too. And kind of like on steroids because my community college had an articulation agreement with Eastern, the school I went to, that I could do two-thirds of my degree at the community college. And not everything out there has that, but just like to just ask, you know? And not only that, but then I did a minor as well, and I did probably 80 to 90% of my minor at the community college. It it, it was just insane how much I could get done there. And so that, I'm going to call that our budget tip and whatnot too. Um, So yeah, this is a lot of the general that I wanted to go through, but I do have a few other just like little points. What about those students? Okay, hang on. You graduated. Good job. (laughs) You did school. (laughs) And um, looking back, what would you tell your younger self about communicating with your parents who can't help pay for college and kind of getting that ball rolling for anyone out there listening. Um, And then I have a few other like little random tip questions. Something that my parents did do, and I believe it's just true for you too, Kara, is that while they couldn't actually pay for my tuition, um, it was very helpful that they helped pay for other things. So they did, I didn't have to pay for my car insurance or my car. And I was grateful then, (laughs) Um, but I'm exceptionally grateful now because even if your parents can't pay for, say, school, to be able to affirm and appreciate what your parents can offer is a huge help. And maybe some of you, that's not even possible. That's, That's not even a reality to even have your car insurance paid for. Um, But in my case, appreciating every little thing goes a long way, even when it may feel like you should be justified and they should be supporting you, which is probably what I would go back and tell my old self because there was a part of me that was a little bit bitter um, that I was navigating this whole new world and my parents hadn't planned for it and they hadn't plan to help me through it. And in reality, all of the work and the effort that I did to find the scholarships, to find someone like my grandpa who was like a mentor to me, guiding me through the process and to work the many different jobs that I did actually set me up for significant success when I graduated to where I had four different job offers the my final semester because I had learned the value of hard work and planning ahead and not necessarily being able to be dependent on others in a financial way. So, yes. I love that. And I think what that comes to is I'm just going to summarize is like a conversation with your parents like Um, if I stay close to home, can I keep living at home? If I keep up with chores to whatever degree or do more, can I live rent free or, or is it already communicated or did you save for my college? Just even just a conversation with like no preconceived notions and then like thinking for what they are helpful with is what it sounds like. Um, two more quick ones. Yay. Okay. We had talked about how you had done like random Google searches for scholarships and you're like, I don't know if they're legit or what to apply for or whatnot. Um, I'm actually going to take this 
to answer it if that's cool unless if you want to say something anyone out there listening first of all if somebody asks you for like your social security number or for money to apply to a scholarship like don't do it but there are actually legit scholarships out there for other um things outside of academic and this is just me you know doing a little advertising come join our facebook group which is totally free uh it's in the description and it's also called christian college girl community and you could even post like is this a legit looking scholarship like let's have a resource to help walk through that type of thing but there are ones out there that are not per the school and they're not academic that truly are legit i'm going to use that term and so just fyi i don't know did you want to say anything related to that yeah pretty much yeah and i guess to kind of piggyback so she's talking about you know being able to affirm that scholarships that are outside of what your university that you're looking at may offer you the other thing i would say kind of on the flip side that i didn't hit on earlier in regards to academic sponsor sponsorships academic scholarships is don't dismiss the little wins. Like I remember one of my first scholarships that I got was a $500 for the year and I had to write a letter to the donor, um, I think once a month or every semester, I forget now, but I would have to write a letter to this random person who provided the scholarship through my school. And I remember thinking, is this even worth it? It's like $250 a semester, That's that's like nothing. But now, I mean, gosh, every dollar counts. It really does. And, you know, for me, that's that's like two months worth of payments on the amount of loans that I did walk out of school with, which was a little bit. So it, it really does go a long way and do not dismiss the little wins, even if there is a little bit of work involved with the little win. Mm, I love that. And I'm going to say, too, um, if y'all do find yourself with random few hundred dollars, go listen to the episodes about how to find and rent cheap textbooks because I was I had a calculus textbook I needed to use and it was $300 to buy and I rented it for 50 bucks. I had another like a sales textbook that we were allowed to get the older version. It was literally $2 and the shipping and handling was more than the cost and it was because I could use an old one. And also don't open your books yet if they're new until you get to class and learn if you can sell them back and get the old ones. So just saying, even if few hundred dollars can stretch you so far and speaking of stretching money julia we are going to touch on the concept of a budget and how you talked about like you cooked at home and you just worked hard to keep track of stuff um tell us a little bit about that you know just advice on that and then i'll leave with my um finding free coffee advice (laughs) (laughs) i love it Yeah, so I mentioned that I transferred uh, from the community college to the university as a way of cost savings, and so I wasn't paying as much for school. Because of that, I was able to still transfer to an apartment versus the freshman dorms. So for many of you, if you're planning on going to a state university, universities typically require that you have to live on campus for at least the first year or two that you are there. And it's very expensive compared to living off campus, but they do it for a reason. In my case, because I was a transfer, I had to live on campus for the first year, yes, 
but I was able to transfer to the more senior uh, apartment. And because of that, I did not have to pay to use the cafeteria. I was able to have a kitchen to cook in and I did have a budget. And it's funny looking back on it now. It was like $50 a week that I budgeted for food and food included, you know, toiletries and stuff and cleaning, which is crazy. My Having a family now, it's totally different. But I had a budget of exactly how much money I was able to um, have as part of that apartment and cooking. And that was definitely a significant cost savings. If you ever look at how much the cafeterias charge for food, it is wild. I think I maybe spent maybe a fourth of that from my own money. So there was like three-fourths of money I was actually saving every quarter. That's insane. That you, I didn't even think of that for an amount, but like a fourth and i come with you to you with my favorite coffee tip (laughs) julia is like this is just so you cara fyi if you're at an event or after church or whatever i found out they usually throw away a lot of coffee so i will go after well they don't throw it away till the till the worship like the music's done so i'll go after worship and i'll be like can i fill up my coffee container and they're like yeah we're just gonna throw it away legit gonna throw it away so then i have coffee for the next day or so (laughs) julia's like gross i don't want to like reheat it okay but besides that get the mcdonald's app and you can on the app you can get 99 cent coffee use once a day like there are other options you can get even a large and if you don't drink it all the same day you can get coffee for 99 cents or a few bucks for the entire week. Just FYI are our coffee tips. Okay, so I'm going to summarize and then see if you wanted to say anything else. We ended up with five tips, Julia, and I love it because I didn't know what to title it yet because I didn't know how many tips we'd get to. But with you don't have a lot of money for college and your parents can't help we and you're wondering about scholarships and budget tips to fund school number one you can find someone to help you go through the fafsa and that literally could just be a youtube video or many an encouragement but still there's someone out there or perhaps a state uh rant yes like option that could help like tennessee achieves and also just communicating to your parents like this is going to be needed for tax information and stuff ahead of time you know just to like know and also you could word it like if they're kind of like dragging their feet word it like i'm figuring out how to pay for this on my own this is just i need that support for that you know view of your finances and if anyone's listening you're like my parents make too much it's still advised to fill out the fafsa because sometimes schools or scholarships will see require just to look at that before they even give you anything so you really should i'm sorry unfortunately but it gets faster every year fyi (laughs) number two know about the scholarship iceberg i don't think i told you that but the tip of the iceberg is usually only a tiny bit of the whole iceberg and that's the same with scholarships like academic scholarships are only the tip there are many things down there there are some that you get on your financial aid award letter some that you can do like a general application for more later there's endowed scholarships like from random people um and then those online that are just like write about your favorite ice cream flavor and what the number five means to you and what you would do in a zombie apocalypse and yes those are legit ones that i have seen (laughs) so just saying um number three Get a lot of your core classes done at the community college or even testing out of classes. If you're wondering about that, go listen to literally episode two really early on on how I tested out of a bunch of classes. But there are ways to do that. 
just a few hundred dollars compared to thousands for one class. And oh, check with an advisor, though, of course, because that could be bad. I actually checked with both my community college advisor and my future university advisor to make sure they were both telling me the same thing because you need to cover your backs. Just saying. Okay. Number four, there's a conversation to be had with your parents on even if they can't help with school. um, I don't know if you have a good relationship with them or not or what they've already talked with you about, but are they open to letting you still live there um, for a better rent amount than if you were in school or maybe rent free if you're helping cook for them or I don't know, just like options out there and expressing appreciation for what they can help with because if you ever get married and have kids one day you will see how much it costs for them to live life and how that can be hard to even have money to pay for extra things let alone college plus all those vacations you went on with your family you probably could have either gone on those vacations or had your parents save the money for college and and just appreciate that you were able to do some of that you know And then number five, talking about budget, lay out what you're going to do each month. And it can adjust and change as needed. It's not a straight jacket. It's not super strict in that, like, if you spend less on gas, then, like, go splurge and buy ice cream. Like, you can be flexible. Just know where your money's going. And, for example, you could go on to an apartment instead of just, like, the dorm rooms. Cook, which is apparently amazing for Julia that it was, like, a fourth of the price. That's awesome. And there's ways to get nice coffee for cheap (laughs) and just lay it all out. So those are our five scholarships and budget tips to fund school. Was that a, the, did I forget anything in that summary or did you have anything else to say? Yeah, I have one. Um, I guess two almost. One I didn't touch on was just that there are definitely job opportunities that can work with your school schedule. So in my case, I was three different teacher's assistants at a different time that all worked around my school schedule. Um, And so definitely, I know a lot of students when I was in school, they would say, though, like, I can't can't work a job. I would be doing nights. That's too much. And um, in reality, you can find a job that does work for the schedule that you want. And in my case, that's what funded my groceries and that's what paid my rent and paid for my school books. And then B... For those of you who are Christian and do have faith, that was absolutely crucial to me taking the leap um, to trust going to a school when my parents couldn't help and I didn't have that lifeboat to be able to know that it was going to be okay. And so I had a piece that it was going to be okay. And I packed up my car pretty suddenly um, after I had the decision and I felt like God wanted me to move to Tennessee for school. And I didn't have the money to pay for that particular semester. I think I had $1,200 left that I owed them. And I didn't know where it was going to come from, but I felt like I was supposed to go. And as I was leaving, my grandpa gave me a call and he said, how much do you need? And he wrote me a check. And that's what got me through my first semester. So don't dismiss the importance of faith if you do believe in that. Um, and how do not let fear override something that God is leading you to because he, it may be not only an academic journey, but it may also be an incredible faith journey as well. And you don't want to miss out on that. 
That was the perfect ending. How much money do you need? And then it covered. Yeah, just that God will provide if he's leading in that direction. That's awesome. And he filled up her gas. Oh, my. Thank you, Julia Keys, for coming on the podcast. And if anyone out there is needing support or questions on any of these types of things, come join our Facebook group, Christian College Girl Community, or hit me up to find you scholarships for college that work specifically for you that I will vent. Vent? No. I will vet. Vet. That's the word to see if they're legit. And the details are in the description below, or you can go to calendly.com slash money and mental peace. Okay, until next time, thanks for coming on, Julia. Thanks, Kate. Love everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, girl. Okay, so before you run off to calculus, if this podcast has brought you any encouragement, would you please write a review on iTunes or take a screenshot, post it in your Insta stories, and tag me. Let's tell the rest of our stressed sisters that more money and peace can be attained outside of the conventional way of doing college. See you next time. Love and prayers, Kara.